Good morning. What a blessing it is to be able to be here today and see your smiling faces. Can you hear this okay? All right. I'd like to welcome you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. I know it's kind of a cloudy and rainy day, but the opportunity that we have that lies before us today to uh, be here, to partake of these emblems and remember that our Lord and Savior is a very special time for us. It's probably the most special service that we have in paying honor and glory to our Heavenly Father. My opening scripture is going to come out of uh, section 26, no, Alma. This is going to come out of the book of Alma in chapter 3. This is going to be verses 27 through 30. I ask of you, my brethren of the church, have ye spiritually been born of God? Have ye received his image in your countenance? Have ye expressed this mighty change in your hearts? Do ye exercise faith in the redemption of him who created you? Do you look forward with an eye of faith and view his mortal body raised in immortality and this corruption raised in incorruption to stand before God to be judged according to the deeds which you have done in this mortal body? I say unto you, can you imagine to yourselves that you hear the voice of the Lord saying unto you in this day, Come unto me, ye blessed, for behold, your works have been the works of righteousness upon the face of this earth. What a wonderful blessing that would be for us to be able to hear our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ say that to us. Scripture reading is coming from, from the Gospel of Luke, 22nd chapter, starting at verse 7, going through 16. Then came the day of unleavened bread, when the Passover must be killed. And he sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare us the Passover, that we may eat. And they said unto him, Where wilt thou that we prepare? And he said unto them, Behold, when ye have entered into the city, there shall be a man meet you bearing a pitcher of water. Follow him into the house where he entereth in. And ye shall say unto the good man of the house, The master saith unto you, Where is the guest chamber where I shall eat the Passover with my disciples? And he shall show you a large upper room, furnished. There make ready. And they went and found as he had said unto them, and they made ready the Passover. And when the hour was come, he sat down and the twelve apostles with him. And he said unto them, 
with desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say unto you, I will not any more eat of this until it be fulfilled, which is written in the prophets concerning me. Then I will partake with you in the kingdom of God. May God add understanding to the reading of his word. Turn to him 604, and we'll stand and I'll offer an invocation. Almighty God, our gracious, loving Father, in the holy name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we invite thy Holy Spirit to abide with us today, Father, and we ask that your presence might also bear with us here as we remember Jesus Christ and the sacrifices that he made to prepare a way for us to come back into your kingdom. We thank you, Father, for that wonderful gift, and we ask this in Jesus Christ's holy name. Amen. family get together yesterday and my cousin Barb says she's going to try to be here today. I told her I had the message and she said well there's no need for me to come or something like that. I told her it wasn't going to be long enough she wouldn't get bored so come on. In my opening scripture I read we find that the disciples wanted to know to where they were going to have their Passover. You know, it was a Jewish uh, tradition 
to have that Passover meal. And uh, they were asking Jesus where they were going to have it at. And what I read was what he told them and where to go and what to look for. The Passover represents salvation. In other words, we are saved from the wrath of God by faith in the Passover lamb. If you remember, uh, Moses told the Hebrew families in Egypt to put the lamb's blood on the doorpost and the angel of death would pass over them that night. You find that in Exodus 12:13. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. In John chapter John 1:29, behold the Lamb of God who take away the sins of the world. So Jesus was slain on the Passover as a perfect fulfillment of the Lamb's blood that saved the Israelites on that very first Passover. 2,000 years ago, 12 men were celebrating the Passover meal in Jerusalem, and they were told by their master, Jesus, that this would be their last meal together. He also explained that it had a prophetic significance. When the hour came, Jesus and his disciples reclined at the table, and he said unto them, as we read, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. He knew what was coming. For I say unto you, I will not any more eat thereof until it be fulfilled which is written in the prophets. Now I found that interesting. He didn't say written by the prophets but written in the prophets the things that concerned him. So he, he knew even from the writings of the prophets of that time that things were going to be rough for him. Then I will partake with you in the kingdom of God. He was telling them, this is our last meal together. I'm going to be suffering. I'm going to die. And uh, we won't do this anymore together until the kingdom of God comes back to earth. He emphasized the physical coming of the kingdom of God to the earth and his return. So that was a prophetic part of what he was telling them. Matthew 26. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is in remembrance of my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for as many as shall believe on my name for the remission of their sins. Now he didn't say here to drink his blood, he said to drink the wine in remembrance of his blood. Luke twenty-two seventeen through 20. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. So Jesus taught his disciples that the Passover supper from that time on was to be in remembrance of the sacrifice that he was to make of himself in order for it to become an atonement for the sins of the world.
there are many different scriptures about the Last Supper in the Gospels. There's also some differences in the wording. Now, this is understandable. Like I say, we had a little get-together yesterday, and I could tell you basically some of the stuff that we talked about, but my version and Barbara's version would probably be a little bit different, you know, if we wrote it down, but the meaning would be the same. Luke 22:19, And he took bread and gave thanks and break and gave it unto them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this, do in remembrance of me. What do you think Christ meant when he broke the bread and said, This is my body? Some of the things I may say here may, you may not agree with, but this is kind of the way I, I perceive it. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty four. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Now in Corinthians there we just read, he refers to, to the bread as his body and it says it was broken for them I think in other words he's trying to tell them that his body would be beaten, broken, bleed for them much like he was breaking the bread my body's going to be uh, broken and I say you may not agree with me, but uh, I think he was using the bread as a, a symbol of what was going to happen. He says in the Gospel of John, John 6, 51, But I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. He's saying, I am the word that came down from heaven to show you the way. But I'm going to give my life and shed my blood that the world might have a chance at redemption. The Jews therefore strove among themselves saying, how can this man give us his flesh? Then Jesus said unto them, verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up in the resurrection of the just in the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. Now I think what he's saying here is the word of God is meat for life, not his actual flesh. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me and I in him. The Jewish scribes and teachers at that time didn't understand what he was trying to tell them. And like they want to read that, it's, it's confusing to us even in this day. They were just like the Hebrews when they left Egypt. 
they had forgotten what God had done for them. Deuteronomy chapter 8, 2 and 3. And thou shalt remember all the ways which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee and to know what was in thine heart. Wherefore, thou wouldst keep his commandments or no. Are you going to follow me or not? Verse 3, And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna, which thou knowest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make known that man doth not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord. Webster Dictionary defines cannibal as a person who eats the flesh of human beings. Are we cannibals? Of course not. Then what's this ordinance about? It is to remember that Jesus gave his life for you and me. The word that was made flesh is what we need to ingest, not human flesh, but the word of God, the living bread. And I believe that he was referring to his body as the word, this living bread. It makes sense when we think of him as the bread of life. John chapter 1, 14. And the same word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The word of God made flesh. Verse 16, for in the beginning was the Word, even the Son, who is made flesh, and sent unto us by the will of the Father. And as many as believe on his name shall receive of his fullness. And of his fullness have all we received, even immortality and eternal life through his grace. Again, the Word of God was made flesh. How was it made flesh? I don't know. We can look at Genesis and it tells us that God spoke light into being. Genesis 1 verse 6 and 7 And I, God, said let there be light and there was light and I, God, saw the light and the light was good and I, God, divided the light from the darkness. After speaking it, God saw the light and that it was good. And he separated between the light and between the dark. John 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning was the gospel preached through the Son, and the gospel was the word and the Word was with the Son, and the Son was with God, and the Son was of God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made which was made. And in him 
was the gospel. And the gospel was the life. And life was the light of men. And the light shineth in the world. And the world perceived it not. Now, according to John's gospel, since Jesus is also the light of the world, he is separated from the darkness. And anyone that follows him doesn't walk in the darkness. We find that in uh, verse 12. Then Jesus then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. So, again, that's where you may disagree with me. For me to kind of understand it, I think God spoke the word into flesh. It's, I say, just my way of thinking. What we are partaking of today is not flesh. But I want you to think of it as partaking of the actual word of God. And as the prayer is read on it, it tells us that we, that they are willing to take up on them the name of the Son. So keep that in mind as you partake. Tells us the word was made flesh, and that's what we are to feast on, the word of God, the living bread. Christ referred to himself as the word, as living bread, as the light of life, as living water. So as we study his word, we need to have much understanding of the, the meaning and the things that he said. Again, I believe he was referring to his body as the word when he was told us to eat of his flesh. I think he was telling us to eat of the word of God, the living bread. Again, John 1.14, in the same word, this is the word of God, this is from the beginning, was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John chapter 6, 27 through 35. Labor not for the meat which perishes, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man hath power to give you. For him hath God the Father sealed. They said unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. They said therefore unto him, What sign showest thou then that we may see and believe? What dost thou work? Our fathers did eat manna in the desert, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. 
For the bread of God is which cometh down from heaven and giveth life to the world. Then they said unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life that cometh down, that cometh, and he that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. So as we partake of the bread and wine today, let's do it in remembrance of the life of Jesus and the sacrifice that he did that we all may have the opportunity to come back into the grace of God. the emblems will be uncovered. Let us sing hymn 501. The prayer blessing is read upon the bread by Elder C.H. Whiteman. May we kneel facing the altar. Oh God, the eternal Father, we ask thee in the name of thy Son, Jesus Christ, to bless and sanctify this bread to the souls of all those who partake of it. 
that they may eat in remembrance of the body of thy Son, and witness unto thee, O God, the Eternal Father, that they are willing to take upon them the name of thy Son, and always remember him, and keep his commandments which he has given them, that they may always have his Spirit to be with them. As a prayer blessing is read upon the wine by Elder C.H. Whiteman, may we kneel. O God, the Eternal Father, we ask Thee in the name of Thy Son, Jesus Christ, to bless and sanctify this wine to the souls of all those who drink of it, that they may do it in remembrance of the blood of Thy Son, which was shed for them, that they may always be witness unto thee, O God, the Eternal Father, that they do always remember him, that they may have his spirit to be with them.
all been served. And Roger.
be class tonight at 5 o'clock. All are welcome to come and be a part of that. We're going to close the service today with the singing of hymn 389, and afterwards Alex will bring our benediction prayer.